this caper should be a lot more interesting. Today I'm talking about Amsterdam. This is Scott's Self-Indulgent Movie Podcast. Hello, movie friends. Welcome to Scott's Self-Indulgent Movie Podcast. I am Scott, and today I am talking about the latest movie from David O. Russell, Amsterdam, which was something of an infamous bomb last year, and I kind of want to get into why and uh, what it might mean for David O. Russell as a director moving forward. So without further ado, let's get started. David O. Russell is one of the more infamous directors in Hollywood. His filmography suggests something of a grand indie success story, where he went from small projects like Spanking the Monkey and Flirting with Disaster before a Hollywood breakout with Three Kings, a fallback after a bigger budget indie I Heart Huckabees got ignored by audiences and critics, before bouncing back with a series of successful collaborations with Oscar-winning talent, including The Fighter, Silver, Silver Linings Playbook, American Hustle, and Joy. But honestly, if you know anything about Russell besides him being a director of said movies, you also know that he is notorious for being a colossal dickhead on his sets. He's someone so toxic that he once berated Lily Tomlin for what felt like an hour on the Huckabee set and was punched by George Clooney on the set of Three Kings. And now, finally, after a successful run of movies that at the very least made money and got nominations, Russell finally has another Huckabees-level bomb with Amsterdam, a period screwball murder mystery that barely made 30 mil on an $80 million budget. And honestly, it feels like this is the movie that's been lurking around the corner for some time for Russell. The film takes place in 1933, where Bert Beresden operates an off-the-books medical practice in New York, while his friend and fellow veteran Harold Woodman is one of the area's only black lawyers. But things take a turn when the two men investigate the suspicious death on their former squad leader and will have to turn to old friends and allies to find out why the beloved man was murdered. If you've seen any of David O. Russell's work, you know that on paper this looks like it should be right within his wheelhouse. While the quality of his movies vary wildly depending on their message and subject matter, Russell has always been pretty good at working with a cast of oddballs and having them bounce off of one another in awkward and extreme circumstances. See the wild family dynamics in play in The Fighter and, well, basically most of his movies. He's also willing to embrace different visual styles and looks to convey the message and tone of his movies. See the oversaturated look of Three Kings. So, make a screwball murder mystery taking place in the heyday of screwball comedies. That sounds great. And there are some inspired sequences within the film, such as Christian Bale's Burt winning over a black regiment by being overly forthright that he's been sent to the front to die, or any sequence where our main trio, played by Bale, Margot Robbie, and John David Washington, are bouncing off one another. So why doesn't it work as a movie? Well, two big reasons. The first is what I can only describe as too much self-awareness. I'll be the first to admit that meta-jokes or self-aware jokes are often best when they're an integral part of the movie, i.e. see the fourth wall breaking Brits and Mel Brooks movies going back to Blazing Saddles, or a slight one-off, like a little wink to the camera. Amsterdam, unfortunately, is constantly trying to weave in self-aware moments into super straightforward murder mystery comedy. I'll use the stunt casting of Taylor Swift as an example. On paper, nothing wrong with getting a giant pop star in a short role for your movie. She has demonstrated a particular interest in directing, so this makes perfect sense. 
But then you have her sing, right? That's a pretty strong reminder that you're not watching a movie, nor is it a necessary part of the movie's experience. And that's before we get Mike Myers showing up basically playing a role identical to his role in Inglorious Bastards for some reason. He is a British spy. And the whole movie is like this. Every big name actor is introduced by a close-up on their face or some kind of reference to previous roles. It's distracting at best and movie-breaking at worst. This is something Russell has been doing in spots, see De Niro's cameo role in American Hustle, but it is a glaring issue here. The second and biggest problem is the subject matter, which requires a slight spoiler. As you might expect, considering the cast and the time period of the movie, things like prejudice and perception play a large role in the film. For instance, Robbie and Washington's relationship is treated as forbidden in America because legally it likely was or would simply be unacceptable within American society, especially for a social light like Robbie's character. And you can weave that into the tapestry of the movie and the murder plot and still maintain a lighter tone. But this is a movie about stopping a eugenics-obsessed group of fascists. That's, this is the movie's fatal flaw. Not because you can't make movies or comedies even about fascism, there are still some pretty good ones in my opinion, but because the movie treats this all like it's a silly adventure versus terrifying. This is another problem Russell has had lingering in the background. This desperate need to latch onto sentimentality even when the movie would be better served by digging deeper or getting darker. Silver Linings Playbook has been rightly mocked over time for papering over mental illness and going off medication with the joy of a relationship. American Hustle is so interested in its interpersonal drama that it ignored its real-life inspirations and how important that story might have been. And here we've got where we've got scenes where a guy's glass eye keeps getting knocked out, running up against people conspiring with Hitler. It's one of the most tone-deaf things I can imagine, especially in an era where fascistic tendencies are definitely on the rise. The verdict is it's way off base. Though not without a handful of charming moments and performances, Amsterdam is snake bit by a wrong-headed idea, wrong-headed approach to heavy subject matter. Four out of ten. This has been Scott's Self-Indulgent Movie Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to join our Facebook group, Scott's Self-Indulgent Movie World, for the latest reviews, discussions, and more. See you next time, everybody, and stay safe.